0: So to, to help us understand, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. In accordance to his pleasure and will, the Woodham family. So, come on.
1: So,
2: Ed, I'm going to hand this to you.
0: Oh, very good.
2: I, I want to be like Ed when I grow up, so I'm bringing my computer here. And I'm I'm a little retro here. This is not a MacBook, and I'm under no delusions that it's ever going to connect with anything. So,
0: so my blood pressure doesn't
2: doesn't go anywhere. But. Uh, Oh, we're really excited and honored to be able to speak tonight. Um, we certainly don't presume to speak for all the adoptive parents or, or uh, the children uh, that have been adopted for that matter. Uh, each, of, each of them will have some uh, unique perspectives of how their experience of adoption in their physical family has provided insights into their spiritual adoption, and we certainly encourage you to talk to them. Um, it's there's so many relationships in the Bible to draw from or so many uh, uh, types of relationships marriage and friendships and such and and adoption has so many different aspects to draw from and you know about this last week I've been thinking about uh, what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and and usually as I rehearse that my my mind I ended up bragging about Sarah so you know, I know that wasn't necessarily what I was supposed to share, but, but uh, as, as far as the direction to go, but it's always seemed to end that way, and I think that's God's heart too, is, is he really loves us so much, and he wants to brag about us. He wants, uh, we are the apple of his eye, uh, and and uh, so it's been really tough to narrow down, but uh, what we're going to do is, is uh, I'm going to have Sarah share first, and, and then Ruth will share, and. And and each of us are going to have some specific uh, viewpoints, and then uh, um, I'll I'll wrap it up. So I'll turn it over to Bigfoot here.
1: hello um so in verse 5 of Ephesians like he just read before it says he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ and for me um I have complete security and full confidence in the place that I am in my family and I'm treated the exact same um both the good and the bad chores being disciplined getting money spent on me having special dates with them um for an example, I'm not like Cinderella, who gets stuck um, doing everything, not being able to have fun with their sisters, living in an attic. Um, <laughs> but um, I have full confidence that I'm equal with my sisters. And even uh, Ed asked me the other day if I get an inheritance from my parents, and my first reaction was like, "Well, yeah, like a." Of course, like I thought it was a trick question, like I didn't have any doubt um, that I wouldn't get equal share. Um, And the same goes for my relationship with God and how my inheritance with God I can be confident in because of Jesus' blood that covers me. Um, But it doesn't have anything to do with what I do or. yeah, what I do, but it's purely out of his love for me, and I think that's something I can wrestle with, and it really challenges me, because it's easy for me to want to prove to myself that um, I'm worth it, and so I'll try and do all these things that makes me feel like, okay, cool, like this is why God loves me, but it's truly out of his love for me, and so that's how my adoption relates to my spiritual adoption.
0: Come on!
3: Adoption for me was a dream long before I ever even met Kurt. Really, in my early 20s, I decided that I wanted to adopt. And actually, the night Kurt proposed to me, I let him know that that was something I really wanted to do to make sure that that would also be something that he would want to do and we could be, you know, agreed upon this. Um, And really, before Sarah came into our lives, I thought about her all the time. And um, for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, all of us kids had decided to give them a quilt that we were going to make. And each one of us was supposed to make a quilt square representing our family. And we didn't have Sarah yet. So on it, I put a little, you know, Jennifer and Catherine. And for Sarah, she was a cloud up in the sky with her name on it. Because that's really how I felt about her. That represented that she was really in my heart, even though she wasn't yet in my arms. And um, the months before we got her, we had to do a lot of preparation to make it a reality And um, once we got her, it was just, you know, amazing. But I thought about, you know, this lesson. And since then, I really haven't thought about adoption that much. Because she's not my adopted daughter. She's really just my daughter. And um, looking at Ephesians has been so good for me. Because what I started thinking was, really, I need to think about my own adoption. Because I never really think about that. And um, I thought, you know, when I often feel insecure in my relationship with God... What I do is I think, you know, like with my own children, there is nothing they could ever do that would make me not love them. You know, and God is the perfect parent. So, of course, how much more should I feel secure? But now, as I think about um, my own adoption relating it to adopting Sarah... I think we did everything possible. Once we decided to, that we were going to go for it, there was no obstacle that stood in our way. We put forth every effort, we put forth every cost, and there wasn't anything that we weren't willing to do. And so, really, what I began to think about was how I longed for Sarah. That must have been God's heart toward me. He must have really longed. To adopt me and to make me as his own and I never really had thought about that, and I thought how he didn 't really spare any cost, but his cost was the, was the life of his son, you know, and he traveled the distance. you know Jesus came from heaven to earth, and we just had to travel to China to get Sarah and so um, Good point. yeah I, <laughs> thanks <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you know what we got was a perfect beautiful sinless little almost two-year-old when we got Sarah and I thought but when God adopted me what he got was a really selfish prideful disobedient individual and I thought you know why on earth would God want to adopt me and all I could think is because he did because he loved me And I thought about in Ephesians when it says it was in accordance with his pleasure and will. It made him happy. It brought him joy to adopt me. And just like we chose Sarah through God's providence, God adopted me. He predestined me through Jesus Christ. And I will be eternally grateful that he chose to make me his own. Thank you.
2: So I have to tell you a little bit of a story here. Um, When we went over to China, uh, believe it or not, Ed, I was an early technology adopter, um, despite my computer. Uh, I I had, remember, the Palm Pilot? I had a Palm Pilot, and I had a little uh, clamshell keyboard that it placed on it. And I decided I was going to journal uh, during the trip. And I wanted to save that and then give that to Sarah at some point uh, down the road. Um, In our move from Morgantown to here and different computers and things, I I had lost it. Um, And I had resigned myself to the fact that it it was gone. And I always really felt bad about that, that there were so many memories that I was able to capture uh, during our our stay over there. Um, And so we started going through some of our adoption things uh, a few nights ago in preparation for this talk. And in one of the packet uh, folders, there was a copy of, wow. of the journal. And, uh, and it, uh, Sarah spent uh, stayed up that night reading it, and, and uh, it just brought so many, so many memories of that. And I, I do want to reference that here in a little bit. Um, but I'd written a letter at the front of it, too, to Sarah. Uh, and and that, was, that was so cool to think about the dreams we had at that point And we were looking forward in anticipation And, and then to look back, uh, you know, 16 years later uh, Almost to the day here uh, And, and uh, uh, think about what God has done um, So we traveled the first part of October in 1999 uh, and, and we, we went uh, to a hotel uh, where... The, they were going to bring uh the children there were five families and uh the uh the hermans actually were receiving their daughter from another orphanage and they came they came first so there was five families with the hermans and of course zach was there as well little guy you know uh and and so we were rejoicing with them their new daughter but uh then another van rolled up, and, and out came the other four children. And we were so excited uh, just to receive our, our, our daughters at that point. But, but it was not official at that point. So another two days later, and I see Scott shaking his head, the trip back to Guangzhou, uh, the trip to the, the, uh, the consulate there. And, and I won't read this part. Um, I'll read the translation that's behind it, um, but on, on October 6th, uh, we were given this piece of paper that says, this is to certify that Kurt Philip Woodham and Ruth Ellen Woodham have consulted with Li, Lin Quing, the guardian of Guo Xiaoxian, and the director of the welfare, welfare court in uh C- County, and decided to adopt Guo Xiaoxian as their adopted daughter. Kurt Philip Woodham and Ruth Ellen Woodham are hereby Guo Xiaoshan's adoptive parents. Guo Xiaoshan's name is changed into Sarah Xiaoshan Woodham, and you know that was a that was a, a great moment. That that now, according to the 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 authority, i now have a daughter that bears my name uh, as as Guo Xiaoshan or, or Sarah Xiaoshan Woodham. And we chose the name Sarah because of what it meant in the Old Testament and and just the, 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 the princess, the, the 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 inheritance that Sarah received with with Abraham and, and just the idea of of just the incredible family that has, has been brought out of the covenant with Abraham. So um, we made it through the rest of that day, went back home. We actually went to, believe it or not, Hard Rock Cafe that night. Um, and, and I had a pork barbecue sandwich that was one of the few recognizable dishes I had while I was there. Um, but we came and went to bed about 8 p.m. Uh, it was a full day, but, but uh, I couldn't help stay up a bit and think about um, the transformation and the adoption of our daughter. and. And this is going to sound strangely familiar, but I'm going to read this verbatim, written October 6, 1999. During the night, I started to think about what our efforts are going towards right now. We are trying to shower Sarah with love and affection in order to win her heart and trust. She is so unsure about the events going on around her, and we are making every effort to reassure her that it's all okay and that we aren't going anywhere. I thought of the verse in Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And also in chapter 2. And God raised us up with, with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. I thought of these verses in the context of what Ruth and I are going through right now with Sarah. That in order to win my heart, God showers me with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are in the critical point in our relationship with Sarah where we have to win her heart. God is employing the exact same tactic in my relationship with him. And I think, you know, that's really the point i want to make tonight is is we often talk about god's love agape love you know decision commitment love and and there's an aspect of that that's right i mean we're commanded to love we have to decide to love but i i really think that sells god's love short i think we need to talk about it in terms of affection like it said here, we are trying to shower Sarah with love and affection in order to win her heart and trust. Uh, and, and I wonder how many times, I know I don't often think of it this way, but how many times we think about God's just flat-out, pure, unadulterated affection for us, that he just goes over the top in his expression of, of affection towards us. Uh, I don't know that you can... Interpret phrases like uh, every spiritual blessing in Christ and incomparable riches of his grace uh, you know the whole idea there is just God is pouring out his affection on us in order to win our trust to win our affection back and and you know when when we went to to China that was that was our goal that was our marching orders even the the agency that we went through instructed us is that there will come a time when you need to start helping to mold her character when you need to start disciplining when you need to you know start taking a little harder line on things now is not that time now is the time to win her over with your affection and and uh I, I challenge each of us to really think about God in that context, that just as Ruth and I were completely focused in, in China, and I know the other adoptive uh, parents were as well in, in their own ins, uh, instances, that just to shower affection on, on, on Sarah, uh, this wasn't hard. This wasn't something that we were kind of just dragged, kicking, and screaming into. You, you parents understand this. It was natural. We were motivated. We threw ourselves into it, not because we were told to, but because we wanted to. And that's God's heart towards us. Uh, I'd like to finish out just uh, with a a quote, and I'd encourage you to to go read Isaiah 43 sometime in the entire chapter. But uh, verse 4 says, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. That was written in the time of Isaiah. But if we fast forward God's heart into the New Testament, he truly has given people in exchange for us. Actually, the person, Jesus Christ. He gave Christ in exchange for us, in exchange for our life. That is the affection of God that I think that, that each of us need to uh, need to focus on. And, and, I, and I praise God that, that, that through the book of Ephesians and through the effort that we're doing now in studying uh, adoption and other concepts, that, that God can have a breakthrough in our hearts to really help us to understand his, his heart for us. Thank you.
0: Wow, we had the challenge this week to encourage someone today about being adopted in Christ, you get credit for a few hundred. (laughs) Thanks so much. That was, I mean, oh my goodness. So helpful. You know, as as Ruth alluded to, it's it's easy to think of a a parent loving, cute little Sarah. Uh, You know, so innocent and pure, but what about us? You know, interestingly, the... The adoption ceremony, not in in uh, Israel, but we're talking to a Gentile Roman town now in Ephesus. But the the Roman uh, practice of adoption typically happened with adults rather than kids. Matter of fact, Romans didn't have a great high value placed upon children, uh, whereas Israel Israel did. And adoption was was mainly a ceremony that you as as one who needed. Um, to, to have a succession of your family line would look towards another family that was, let's say, less privileged than yours. Less honorable was really the, the currency that they would look at. Your family may have a certain level of honor; mine perhaps has more. So any family would want to have, you know, their ch- and anybody would want to kind of, you know, kind of climb up the, the social ladder of honor. Uh, and oftentimes it was a slave who would be adopted uh, into a family of particular privilege. I had mentioned the other day that one of the more famous adoptions would have been Caesar Augustus adopting Julius Caesar. And it was all about him wanting to continue and and give a a legacy uh, to the the honor that was his, to see it uh, continue. So you can see some of the parallels that Paul might be pointing to. But here's an interesting thing about Roman adoption. It was not to be taken... In in a um, impulsive manner. And so there were three ceremonies that were involved. And they all fell under this idea of patria potestas. Uh, Potestas is the word for power or authority. Patria for father. And it's uh, in, in Roman society, very patriarchal. It was all about the rule of the father. And if you were to come under the father of a particular home, that was something to be entered into only with a lot of deliberation. And so the three ceremonies that occurred in Latin, where the first one was emancipatio, where we get emancipation. So emancipatio. And that was a ceremony where you would pay the, the other family uh, to set that slave free. So if that, that person was a slave, you would pay so that whatever, if they become an indentured servant, which you know a third of the Roman Empire were indentured servants, you would pay to, to um, in a sense, fulfill their, uh, their, their um, uh, debt or obligation. But that still was not enough to be fully adopted. The second ceremony was manumissio, where we get manumission. And we, we, you know, we have, uh, in the history of the U.S., ugly history of the U.S., we, we've, we've had the, the manumission of slavery in different situations. But manumission um, was, was then the full release of that of that person, from any sort of slavery or bondage, and then, at this point, as they are now uh, uh, liberated from, from from any family ties, liberated even from their own patria potesta, liberated from the slavery that they have, so there 's two things that you 're liberating them from, and then thirdly is the uh, the ceremony of adoptio that then takes you not only from being un linked from the father and from the slave owner, but it now connects you to the new father with all the honors and privileges that go with it. And every single time, there's a counting of the costs that is, is brought about through the, through the Roman law to really consider carefully whether the father wants to adopt the son and whether the, the, the son indeed wants to be adopted by the Father. So that there's never a mistake by the end of it. Where anyone would in a sense. Uh, get either cold feet. Or or, or have uh, second thoughts. That this thing would anyway be reversed. And so again for, for Paul to bring this to, to them. Was for them to realize. Wow he's not just using the word. Emancipatio. Or manumissio. He's not talking about emancipation or manumission. He's gone straight to. Adoption itself. Like this is rather you know the the real deal and and rather secure and so for for us so why why be excited by this adoption i think if if your heart wasn't moved by what the woodhams just said uh then we've we've probably missed it to it to a great deal thank you so much but the bottom line is you really are in god's family and to use the word adoption into sonship By the way, only boys could be adopted at the time of of him writing this. Uh, But, but of course, Paul extends that to all people. Um, But you really are in God's family. And because we're adopted as adults and not as cute little innocent little babies, there's something else that, that you get to celebrate too in adoption. That is, you get to have all of your debt, all of your debt that caused slavery, all of um, your past is completely erased you get a new name you get a new set of honor and all of that is yours in a sense what you do is you erase all your mess and then you write down the new honor that is yours so before we go to our groups here's what I'd like you to do is with a pencil if you have it and if not with a pen and you're, you're going to have to then bl- blur this out is write down what it is that is most critical from your past that is so good to be obliterated by this new identity that you have in adoption by Father God. What is it? What's the ugliness of that? The worst of it all. And then, this is important before we go to our groups, if you've been adopted by God, if you've been born again of water and spirit... If this new life is really yours, then you need to now write down, instead of that, the honor that is yours. And that honor is, you have the righteousness of Jesus. You have that performance record to your credit for when you appear before the judgment seat. But if you've not been adopted into christ if you've not been born of water and spirit if you've not been regenerated if you've not been uh brought into the 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 family of god the way the bible says then you can't erase anything and you can't cross out anything at least not yet but it's god's heart cry that not only do you get adopted into his family but what is now left on your sheet of paper will at the same time be completely obliterated so let's go to our groups, whether it's with the old writing or the new writing on the paper, and be able to talk with one another about what it is that, uh, that we've got on our sheets. Thanks.